Thanks for listening to this Word in Your Ear podcast. If you'd like to get early access to all our productions ad-free, priority booking for our live events, and to take part in our weekly quiz, go to patreon.com slash wordinyourear for more details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. You're listening to a podcast from The Word. The great Paul DeNoyer, um, uh, Word writer and uh, uh, a rock magazine legend, used, used to use that expression all the time. We were on a conference once, and I said to him in the morning, are you wearing the iron hat, Paul? And he said, uh, I awoke with a wide range of metallic millinery available for my inspection, <laughs> and I chose this jaunty beret, which I'm wearing at a rakish tilt. Which, and he could have just said, oh, I've got a hangover, but I'm functioning <laughs> through much, you know. So I thought he went the extra mile. But you're a bit hungover. I am a bit hungover, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not seeking any, any sympathy, really. It was what was this? Was a, a rap party for the end of, well, end of the record? Well, the... The, um, the... The idea is that when we've... We, when we, Nearing the end of uh, a recording, myself and um, Bobby Irwin, who plays drums for me, and Neil Brockbank, who produces my records with me, the three of us have sort of produced this record. So we get together uh, around at my place. I, I lay on a little bit of dinner, and um, we listen to everything. Everyone gets quite sloshed. It's a playback. It's a playback. Yes. Thing, and then everyone gets loose, and they can actually say exactly what they think. You know, there's no... Uh, in, in other words, if everybody... Um, if you listen to stuff in that condition, you know, it's impossible to, to, to uh, butter someone up. No, that's true. You can't conceal your yeah. real... So it's a truth session. It's tr- like taking the truth drug. But couldn't think. that go horribly? I mean, presumably you get to... There's the track you've spent two weeks working on. Suddenly one of them puts his hand up and says, I never liked this song. Yes. Never, yeah. never liked it. it. Exactly. Don't know why I'm bothered. Has this ever come to blows? No, 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 no. It's, no it's, it's, it, is, it is a job of work. As we see it, it's a job of work. Somebody has <laughs> to do it and we, we're going to do it. But actually all this stuff about um, I've never liked this song, that's not nearly always out of the way. That's all done. No, that would done be done dusted, earlier. Yes. When, when, Nick, when is this really record out? The... This is Nick Lowe, by the way. How exciting. This is Nick Lowe we're talking to in the, in the Word podcast. That's very exciting. Very, very exciting indeed. Um, oh, and uh, who's going to take us on a travelogue. Uh, brief snapshots of uh, 1960s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Oh, I, I was there. <laughs> you were that soldier. <laughs> When's this record out, Nick? Um, what's it called? Has it got it, a name? Yes, it's called The Old Magic. 
Fantastic. And uh, it's uh, it'll be out, I think, in... Well, we have to hand it in at the end of the week, which means it'll probably be out in October. That's such as the... Um, the lead time nowadays. Why I know not. I don't. I, 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 no one's buying any records anymore. So why the? It's the uh, idea it has to be on Friday. No, that's right. Exactly. That's very old-fashioned, isn't it? Mm. I have to say at this point uh, that I, the, you know, anyone listening will uh, will remember that their first time, the first time they saw a, a rock a, a act on stage, and the first concert I went to. And I've bored you with this many times before. I know when I was however old I was, mid-teens, went to London Town. And saw went to the Roundhouse to see the Soft Machine, supported by the Andy Roberts Band. And the first group on, third on the bill, was Brinsley Schwartz. And the first member of Brinsley Schwartz to take to the stage was their sensational bass player, Nick Lowe. <laughs> pulling apart a kind of centre-parted curtain of hair. Hello, man. Into which, hello, man, into which he inserted a, a lighted cigarette. And had, you had a bottle of Newcastle Brown Ale in your right hand. And you had a fretless bass. Oh, those were the de- fretless bass. I think what it was an a fretless bass. <laughs> <laughs> what a wanker. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Who wants a quarter Put it away. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, we're going to get on to that very, very briefly but in, in a second. But I, I, Kippington Lodge was your first group in about, I don't know, 1967. Yes. What, what, just give us an idea of what that world would have been like. It it's was loons, very, very different. Sticks. Very, very different. The, the, um, in the 60s, there, there, were, there was no sort of rock, um, rock business at all. It was, it was show business. You know, you were this, in fact, our first agent as i've as i've um said on a few occasions when we go and see him i'm exaggerating slightly but when we go and see him we'd sit in the in the waiting room uh, with his other clients which were sort of strong men and uh no. dog acts you know and, and you know plate spinners. Plate, plate spinners, <laughs> exactly that sort of thing we were his pop group, headless you know. lady and uh, and it was a sort of branch of it was was a branch in fact i'll tell you who it was it was um it was hattie jakes's lover John Schofield. How extraordinary! He was a he was a. So he was a theatrical impresario. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, he he was. Oh, we all really liked him actually. We used to go. We used to, we used to go around to. Had she used to make us bacon sandwiches. I remember when we were Who'd on had our Jake? way up north. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, uh, who would you? What, what sort of bills were you on? Who'd you play with? Kippington Lodge. Um, it was real pop circuit and working men's clubs and you know we all. I'd been a, a mod before I joined and, and was s- sort of more with it than the other lads who I'd been to school with. And yeah. They were, the kind of, they were the kind of fellows who you'd think that after they left school they would have knuckled down to it and done... You know, they, were, they used to like music at school. We had a little school band. But they didn't. They formed a, this group, Kippington Lodge, got themselves a record deal with Parlophone. Uh, and in those days, again... Anyone who could make a chord, you know, got a record deal. They were actually absolutely handed them out. And no. what was it? Is this like is this pop music? Is it, is yeah. it like the Hollies or the Beatles? Um, or what? I don't think I ever heard you actually. Yeah, they, they did it. They had a sort of turntable hit with a song called "Shy Boy" that was produced by uh, Mark Wirtz, who was the guy who did um, the Teenage Opera. Yeah, you know, yeah. with uh, Keith West. He was he was pretty good. He's dead now, I think, but he he, he was pretty good. He was like a sort of German Phil Spector. <laughs> and uh, he produced these records, but they, they didn't. The group didn't play on them. It was all session guys, no. you know, like um, like it. What, I think I think John Paul Jones and uh, Jim Catini and Coutini, Big Jim right. Sullivan were going around the, all the studios doing everybody's, doing everybody's record. <laughs> yeah, 
uh, and very good too. You know, they were. Anyway, that was before my time, so I was a bit, bit sort of more swinging than the than the other two. So when I joined, I, the, I, um, they, they phoned me up and asked me to join, and uh, so I, I tried to my best to dismantle the progress that they'd made <laughs> as quickly as possible. Oh, I thought I, well... Because changing I, direction of the group. Well, I like the nice and, uh, and, and um, I, the other, I like the creation. It was a group, yeah, a big yeah. favourite of mine then. And um, so I, I tried to, uh, you know, put them off this, this pop lark that they were on. They were on... Um, oh, we used to do a lot of... Uh, well, you had to audition to be on the BBC in those days, and... Uh, um, we went along to the. Um, well, to they, see if you were good enough to be on the yeah. television program. Yeah, I mean, you quality could, control. You could be in the charts, but you still had to, to show up and, and perform. Oh well, we were we the chart. Any chance of the charts was was way away from us. We were, for, we were for, real for, for the lodge belt and braces, <laughs> you know. But the MU, uh, the Musicians Union, had a real stranglehold on the radio in those days, and it had to be. Uh, it, it, there had to be so much live music on the BBC then. So there was on in the afternoon. David Hamilton would have two or three pre-recorded segments of pop groups playing covers. You know, or you know, there was there was thousands of them. So that wasn't necessarily a music show then. You would be in the middle of just just some kind of broad entertainment show. Um, I'm just trying to think. I think it was sort of music. It was, yeah, it was a music show. There were music. God, it's hard to remember now. <laughs> it seems like a, such the world was a kinder and gentler place then, and uh, very very different. But and anyway, how did you how did you how did you make the transition into into British forces about 1969 70, wasn't it? Well, I started smoking a bunch of pot really and thought that this is for the birds you know and also we wanted to get on the we wanted to get on the college circuit you know doing doing playing the end of the pier at hastings you know was to a bunch of prepubescent schoolgirls wasn't no fun at going all. nowhere yeah and so we wanted to go progressive you know that was uh, because there there were nicer looking girls and you know <laughs> And on the college scene, it was just much, much more happening. It wasn't, it, it, we didn't, well, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to write songs as well. We, we did largely covers, you know, so I wanted to, to, um, to develop any skills I had as a songwriter, which were pretty poor. And you were a sort of country rock band, if I remember. I mean, yeah. I was, I was 15, I remember. I'm trying to just get a picture of it, but I, it was, uh, I just remember long hair and... Uh, a lot of herbal relaxants, I think, probably being smoked yeah. on stage, and a kind of shuffling country rock. Would that be right? A shuffling country rock. I think <laughs> that's <laughs> pretty, that a, pretty, a very pretty accurate good. assessment of your entire career compressed into three <laughs> words. How depressing! <laughs> yes, it was. It was. I think. Yeah. We we really like that. This is later on, of course. This is after Kippington Lodge. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, we um, that. We, we sort of fell into it, really. The band, we loved the band, you know. And didn't the band rent your... Did you live in a sort of yeah. old vicarage or something? I'm trying to remember now. The, yeah, they, the, right? we, had a, we had a big old house out in um, um, Beaconsfield. And it was, it was a hippie commune, really. We didn't think it was. We thought we were just living together because it was cheap. I smell vegetarian curry. <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> No, Hundreds no, of dogs. as exotic as that. Yeah, lots uh, of dogs and children and uh, yeah. that sort of thing. And we used to rehearse there. Of course, we had a rehearsal room. And then one day the phone went and um, they said, well, the band's coming to London to do uh, shows with Crosby, Stills and Nash. That's right. They were shows. That's right. Warner Brothers. They show. want somewhere to come and practice. Can they come out to your... So, of course, 
we said, you know, of course they could, you can. So, Were um, you there when they practiced? Yeah, oh yeah, we were all sitting on the flight cases outside. I mean, it was like a dream come true. That's we could, ab- we couldn't believe it. Through. So you would be in your what, early 20s or something, or yeah. maybe teenagers. I don't know. Incredibly no, we were, we were a bit old. Helm setting up in, 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 in your mm. front room. It's just beyond belief. And it? they played, well, they played with our gear. They used our equipment, except for the organ. Uh, Garth Hudson brought his special fancy organ in but they used our gear they touched your instruments they touched they our instruments the and they made our <laughs> they made our instruments sound like the band <laughs> which was quite extraordinary they didn't and sound then when like you the band when we were strum them they didn't no. they must have been <laughs> mortified <laughs> how what a lovely and idea. we kept um, i remember ian gom kept uh, this uh, uh, empty bottle of uh, grand marnier which dear old um, richard left behind R- R- richard manuel yeah Eddie. swigging from the bottle i seem to remember <laughs> That's a fantastic image, isn't it? But Brindley Sports, now the, the, the other extraordinary thing is that you're in that kind of hippie world, but also you're at the beginning of pub rock, aren't you? I mean, and pub rock, if I can... I think it's possible now, uh, his, historians will tell you, it started, I think, with Eggs Over Easy, your old pal Austin. Yeah. yeah. And they got a... I'll explain how that happened. They, they, they had a residency in a pub in... Uh, yes, in they did. They came, they'd come over to uh, England. They'd been brought over by uh, Chaz Chandler... Um, to make a record, um, he was going to, yeah, that's right, he was going to produce them, and he put them up in a house in Alma Street in the Kentish town. Um, and he was, he, he got hung up doing something else, I think. So they were doing, they were just hanging around and getting bored and fed up. And there was a huge pub on the corner, the Tally Ho, which has been knocked down now. That's right, the Tally Ho, yeah. Used to be, uh, across the road from the Forum. And, uh, they, used to go in there. I mean, Kentish Town wasn't like it is now, you know, which is quite she-she part of town now, but back then it was quite frightening part of the world. <laughs> mean Street. It was yeah. Mean Street. So they went in this, this big old pub and said, uh, um, can we play? They had jazz in there. They said, can we play? And the guy wasn't keen. He said, no, we only have jazz or Irish in here. You know, we don't like any any rock and roll. Jazz or Irish? Yeah. yeah. So that's, a mix, isn't it? that's a yeah. brilliant, brilliant. That sums up the times. Yeah. Yeah. Right, jazz or Irish. So, yeah. uh, so they said, well, all right, well, give us your worst night. What's your worst night? So he said, well, Monday. They said, well, put us on on Monday and we'll just give us a break, you know. So he, he did. And they... Um, they were fantastic. They were really, really great. And we met them shortly after they'd started. Um, Dave Robinson, our manager, saw them. And I think they were opening for Linda's Farn at the, at the marquee. But he liked the look of them. He, he liked the look of them. He saw them through the glass of the barn. Do you remember there was a yeah. bar in there with the yeah, absolutely. glass? He, he couldn't hear them, but he liked the look of them. So he, he brought them back out to our house. And we just stayed up. Um, playing, you know, that's all we, we used to do really back back then. And they and were they, doing a lot of covers, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. they they really took they they really sort of taught us a, a lot about about um, jamming. You know, it's an American th- thing which the Brits don't do very well. You know, this uh, playing together, we'd get in there and we hit a Brits riff. too uptight, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, you wouldn't we wouldn't learn just learn a song to for the fun of it. You know, we'd get on some silly riff, you know, and play it for two hours. And we thought that that was oh, jamming, no, you know, true. whereas they'd say... Yeah. Uh, and they're yeah. real jukeboxes, aren't they? Yeah, they they'd say, well, do you know um, Roadrunner, you know, um, Junior Walker or something like that? Uh, yeah, we'd go, you know, so, uh, oh, let's, go, let's, let's, let's play that. And this was a brand new concept to us, to just play a bunch of songs. Well, you'd half know them, you know, vaguely know them. Someone would know a few words and step up. Yeah. You know, and, and suddenly... Um, 
suddenly we found we were learning something, you know. And uh, so they taught us really quite a lot. And then when they went back to the States, we took over their... Their slot. Their, their their slot. And I might say quite a bit of their act, too. Which they, you would have appropriated when they yeah. taught you. This, well, they had, a, they had they seemed very they, they had a very non snobby view of music. You know, for instance, if they if if a if a record in the charts in the you know the number one song in the nation, if it was good, they would play it that week. See, that's great, isn't it? Yeah, there's none it was, of that kind of none of that elitism oh, about to, yes, no. this is embarrassing or um, they do. You know, the, the equivalent of Leona Lewis's um, latest thing. They do a they. Do a fantastic but also they version of it, version, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. Played with the instruments that you want to hear. It was yeah. quite a breakthrough, and 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 their own songs, of course, sounded like covers. You know, they they were so they were really good. So, so you got into this started playing your own. Yeah. So covers. we stole this this whole concept. You know, uh, uh, it must it must be admitted, and um, and found it really really. Useful. I remember though we fell out. The Brinsleys fell out when we did. I wanted to do um, uh, "Get Down" by um, Gilbert O'Sullivan, and that was a You're step a bad too dog, far. Baby. You're a bad dog. I thought this is a cool little song. Man. A great we song. should, we should do that. And they're like, no, 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 not Gilbert O'Sullivan. So that was that was the, that, so that so point. Step too far. Step yeah. too far. <laughs> <laughs> Were you ejected for you? Yes. Yeah, like, like, like Glenn Matlock liking Paul McCartney was always meant to be the reason he was thrown out of the sex pistols. <laughs> You're listening to the Word Podcast. It's not supposed to be professional. So, what, what about Edmund? So, tell me a bit about Edmund. I mean, you're an interesting character. I was going to say that I, I went out of my way I, I, to, to try and get to know him because he was a real loner and it was quite difficult. And I made, I made great efforts to become friends with him. And um, initially, he. Um, uh, he, he wasn't that, you know, he wasn't that keen. But then he let me come into the studio one day as, and act as his audience, really. And he let me sit there and I'd watch him at work. And it was a, it was quite a sight to see. I mean, he used to play the play the mixing desk like a, you know, like an instrument. Really, it was very, very. Uh, I was used to people sort of treating him with a great deal of respect. Like, yes. A little more treble. Yeah, it's like, know, like playing, playing the studio, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, well, he would go, if he wanted more top, he'd rack it on, you know, just turn it on, show up the volume, you know, and you know, everything was... And then he'd back it down again, you know, to accept... And all, all through the big speakers at deafening volume as well. There was none of the little little boxes yeah. perched on top of the desk like most people do it now. You know, everything was done at maximum volume, and it was very, very exciting. And uh, so he, he, and he had these all these ways of being able to operate the studio on, you know, by himself with foot pedals, so he could turn the machine on and things like that. So he could, he didn't need an engineer, you know, to work the work anything for him. And where did he, he just taught himself that? It was his own method. Yeah, he'd not he learned that from himself. anybody else, had he? No, he taught himself. Yeah, and he he, he was really something. So uh, eventually, he'd say. He'd get me to go out and scratch a mic for him, you know, something like that. Some minor, uh, <laughs> my or just go going to see one to into that, you know, into um, into that microphone, and then he'd let me do a hand clap on something or an, or a backing vocal and ooh ah or something. Yeah, yeah. And then the day came when he, I played him a song I'd written, you know, which he liked, and uh, what he, was the song? It was called "She's My Baby." It was right. what it was called, and. Uh, it was um, he. He got really excited about it, and as a result, I was so pleased. You know, I was really made up. You know, that somebody that I looked up to, you know, had, 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 was really keen on this 
song. Didn't happen really at all back then, you know. So anyway, I decided I left him and I went to um, I went to see some friends, some uh, these kids. Well, they were, they were kids by this time. America, you know this group, America. Yeah, yeah. You know um, we used to know them when they awesome were no kids. Name. That's it. When they were kids, their dads were in the in the USAF, you know, in American forces and stationed in Ryslip, and they used to come out to see us. And um, anyway, we noticed uh, when they first, you know, when they first started coming to see, they used to come on the bus, you know, and then as su- suddenly we said, hey, have you noticed that kid's American kid? He's, he's got himself a new blooming car. Did you see that? And, they, and these cars sort of got better and better and better until there was a sort of a scraunch of, of gravel in the drive and a plumbing DB6, you know, would discord. Of course, we suddenly realised that they were... These kids were selling shed loads of, uh, of records. Of records, yeah. Anyway, I lost... You know, I, I lost track. They went back to America and to huge um, stardom, you know. Um, but anyway, they were back in London. Some Somehow they got in touch, and Jerry... Jerry Bunnell, I think his name was. Again, I don't think I've seen him since the night of this incident. Anyway, we, I went to uh, he uh, he invited me round for um, to the, to the studio, uh, so where they were recording. I went round to see him, and um, there was a lot of cocaine uh, and and drink. There it was after all the seventies. It, it would be unacceptable if, if there hadn't been. Yes, it was the nineteen seventies. Exactly was and uh, anyway he said uh, do you fancy coming to the speakeasy which is uh, as you probably remember was a sort of music business watering yeah. hole back then well I could never afford to go to the speakeasy it was way out of my league I was completely broke you know but anyway I said well I told him you know so I'm afraid <laughs> oh boy I find myself can you cash a check yeah I find <laughs> myself pence for a double gin and tonic I don't think so <laughs> 11 and 9 pence oh, that'll be 11 and 9 yes. pence for a southern comfort <laughs> anyway so he said oh that's alright come along you know I'll, um, it's on me you know so so anyway we went to the speakeasy and got absolutely sloshed in there and then he said <clears throat> look he said I'm going to go uh, round to see this friend of mine he said um, you come uh, come with me so I said alright then so we wound up at this place this flat in um, uh, Curzon Street and went upstairs and I I didn't ask him who it was or anything but anyway we went upstairs and into this into the room and to my amazement sitting around this table sort of cross-legged was um, Harry Nilsson, uh, Ringo, Keith Moon, Derek Taylor, who was the Beatles, the Beatles yeah, and one of the Who's managers. I can't remember what his name is now. but what, K- Kirbishly? But, uh, yes, yeah. one of those yeah. guys, yeah. Or Kit. was it Stamp? Can't, yeah, my Kit. Kit, um, Kit uh, Butler, no, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, Stamp, on, yeah. anyway. Um who was the brother of the film star, Terry? Kit Lambert, Terry. That's what I'm oh, Kit Lambert, yeah, that's right? Before, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. maybe it was yeah. him. No, but anyway, so what are they doing there? Well, anyway, they, what they were doing there was what you might expect them to be doing there, round a to sit and cross leg round a round a table, you know. And um, anyway, when we turned up, by this time I was huge feeling quantities of beak, yes, of chisel, <laughs> yes. And anyway, when we turned up, uh, Ringo and and Keith left soon after us to go to the Playboy Club next door to pick up some more booze. So, um, so we were sitting around uh, around in a in a circle, and they got the guitar out, 
and uh, were passing it around, studiously ignoring me. And I was extremely keen to play my fabulous new song. Of course! That I'd had such success with, with um, uh, Dave, Edmonds. Dave Edmonds, earlier on that afternoon. But every time... You, you were know, on fire. I was on fire, <laughs> and I thought everyone else's songs were sh- complete shite. You know, I'll, now wait... Harry I, and Nielsen? The, and who is the, he? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, anyway, so this guitar was missing me, you know, as it was going back. And then Ringo and Keith Moon came back. And uh, Jerry Bunnell was, was uh, playing what I thought was an endless, an endless parade of really dreary, crappy songs. And it was Should Be My Turn by Wrights. And um, eventually, I sort of sn- practically jumped up and snatched this guitar as it was going across now the, the table to somebody starts. else. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Right, watch out. So, so anyway, I play the opening. She, she may not be do daddy do 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 something like that. But anyway, I got as far as a she and I could not remember how it went. Not remember this thing, and uh, anyway, I sort of ground through it, you know. That's, and then uh, when it was over, you know, it was this terrible silence. It was, oh, it was it was, it was awful. shuffling silence, and exactly. And um, then, you know, and then there was this sort of terrible How's silence. Paul Ringo? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was written any more songs, Harry. And of yeah. course, I was just. You know, I was. I felt so terrible, you know. I'd been. I. I've been such a wanker, you know. And uh, especially you'd made such a big deal about. Yeah. It. Okay. It, oh, yes. Hear this. Hear, exactly. And um, was it the intoxicants? Do you think that it contributed? You're not remembering. Oh yeah, yeah, t- yeah. T- totally. Yes, yeah. I was. I was. It, you know, I, I was bare. I shouldn't really have been awake. You know, I was. <laughs> it was I, I was being artificially held awake. But anyway, just as we left, we eventually left, which was. Um, uh, it seemed to be. It seemed an eternity later. Yeah. I I I went <laughs> up to Harry inside. Nelson. I went up to Harry Nelson just to put the tin hat on it. I went up to Harry Nelson and said, muttered in his ear, "You might not have ever fucking heard of me now, but you mark my words. Why, you know, I mean, I no. spouted this no. terrible stuff in his ear. Yeah, and uh, for which he couldn't care less. You know, I mean, he just sort of." Fuck off, you know. You never met him uh, years down the line. Well, I was going to say there, uh, there went, is. Uh, I remember the great Nick Lowe. There is an epilogue to this story, yes. Because I is tried. it a happy ending? Well, no, it's not really. No, um, no. You'll be pleased to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, always better. Um, <laughs> years and years later, when I was in LA, LA doing Little Village, um, uh, and I was staying at the. Um, the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel across the road from the Man's Chinese Theatres, tourist place really. Um, but uh, they used to have, they had a in the bar. They turned it into a kind of a sh- show bar, and they had some quite interesting people who used to come come and uh, play there, like Uma Sumac. Do you know who she is? I yeah, don't. Yeah, she's got an extraordinary voice. Yeah, an amazing voice. Got about five octave yeah. voice, and and sort of. Um, Oh, some great jazz people they had. They were sort of a cut above, you know, um, and they were trying to make it, turn it into a, 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 an old-time sort yeah. of uh, lounge, you know. 
and one time they had uh, Jim Webb. He came along, and I was spending a lot of time, because with Little Village, they only used to work until the early evening. I had the rest of the evening to myself, and I was on my own. I didn't really know anybody there. But I got friendly with uh, this little, this sort of little crowd of L.A. Gro- groovers. This was Jim Keltner, Rykuda, John Hyatt, wasn't it? Yeah. Little, little Village? Just that's for, right. For those listening who might not be aware, what it, a line-up. We'll that's come back to right. that in a minute. Go on, anyway. Um, but that, there was a, this little sort of firm of, of Hollywood groovers who used to come out and see some of these people. And uh, was who I fell in with, and this was um, Van Dyke Parks and Harry Dean Stanton and Fantastic. Danny Hutton from Three yeah. Dog Night, and they were really good fun. These these guys were, you know, and, and so I got friendly with uh, Jim Webb, who who was appearing there, and they all turned out to see him. And um, one night, Jim said to me, "Look," he said, uh, "They're doing a, an album launch." And my new album, he was making a sort of a comeback. He said, do you want to come to it with me? I said, absolutely, I do. Yeah, fantastic. So so I met him in the bar. We had a few drinks and got a cab and went over to um, this joint where they were having his, his album launch. And uh, well, it was very, very crowded when we got inside. And uh, as we got to the bar, I turned around to have a look into the, the body of the room to see the great and the good who was there and I saw sitting at a table on his own Harry Nilsson. By this time, I'm sorry to say, you know, a very ill man. Yes, you know? he, yeah. Yeah, he, he looked really bit, terrible yeah. but I thought, man, there, there's the great Harry Nilsson. Now is my chance to go back and say to him, look, you, uh, you won't remember this ghastly child who came round to your flat. <laughs> <laughs> and um, made such a, such an idiot of himself, oh, but it's his eye, you know. And uh, and just at that moment, you know, some a whole bunch of other people turned up, you know, and I was sort of at the in the, at the bar, you know. So who? What are you having? What are you having? What are you having? You know, one of those sort of get around in, uh, which I did. And when you know, I finally got my drink. I turned round. The table at which he was sitting was, was empty, empty, and he had gone. And um, he died about a week later, something like that, two weeks. But what an irony. So uh, one missed opportunity is, in fact, followed almost uh, yeah. by another one. Yeah, all the years later. Yeah. Oh, what a I, w- I wish I... Oh, I mean, I, or do I? Do I wish? He wouldn't have remembered. I don't think he would have even... It would be best to imagine that he said to you, actually, Nick, when I saw you back then, I realised you were a little bit over-refreshed, but I could see I incredible could see raw talent. Raw <laughs> animal magnetism. <laughs> and I knew, I was quietly confident, I had money on it, that you would develop into the great Nick Lowe. That's what he would have said. Ah, it's very sweet of you to say that, Mark. I'm not at all sure. <laughs> Can I ask you one more? Now, I'm sure you once told me um, about <clears> a time <throat> that you, I think, were with Rock Palm, played the, the bottom line. And there was a, some incident involving a, um, a, a guest, a cameo. For could you remember? Is that right? Who was you're, you're talking about Keith. I Richard. think I think so. Well, again, this st- story um, is is a hard one to give br- you know breathe air into without. Um, I think when I told you this, we were at uh, some sort of party or something. We were in our this. cups. Yes, in our cups. It's a nice, <laughs> nice old-fashioned expression. <laughs> Um, but also it involves a certain amount of visual um, uh, explanation, you know. But, uh, yes, he... Keith came to see, uh, much to our astonishment, he came to see Rockpile, who were playing... We had a lengthy residency at the bottom line in New York. And uh, he came the night after he got out of prison in Canada. Yeah, that's, that's right, he's in Canada, that's right. On a drug charge, wasn't it? Yeah. 
And he, uh, we heard rumour that he might come. I Keith, don't go. Was Keith... There, yes, there was a song by Niels Lofgren or something, wasn't there? The whole thing about freeing Keith, free the Keith one. Yeah, it's sort of ludicrous. <laughs> no, 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 think about it. I mean, it served him right, really. Mm. I mean, he was caught banged. Right. Of course, he took a load of skag. He, he went. And he got he was in the tank. Very, I mean, very foolish. Yeah. Especially the Canadians, they, they take a very dim view. Very dim view. Sort of. They're not keen on it at all. Mm. It's all fresh air and uh, mounted police. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he. Uh, why he would want to come to. See our group in New York on his first night of the. the it's what he been dreaming of. Sniffing this. Been choky. Yeah. <laughs> if only I could be out watching Rock Pile. <laughs> exactly, yes. Oh, I can't wait to get out of jail. First thing I do. First thing I do. <laughs> oh, you wait. Anyway, he certainly did. To our amazement, he turned up with Barbara Sharon, who, who was writing. Um, He's a writer for Sounds. No, no, very big wheel PR. Yes, she's a very big yeah. girl, yeah, now, now at, uh, she was at Warner Brothers, wasn't she? She was at Warner Brothers, I think, yeah. Anyway, she showed up um, with a very nice woman uh, as well, in my, in my opinion. Um, and um, she showed up uh, uh, with him, at the, and uh, back, backstage he went, and of course it's caused an amazing ripple through the audience. They, they were, so people knew he was in the building? They knew he they'd was in seen the building, him. and they'd yeah. seen him going backstage, and backstage at the at the uh, bottom line... Usually means you're going to appear on stage? Yes. Yes, you, no way. It does, yeah. yes. And we were, Rockpile were really tearing it up back back then. We had a, a real sort of period when it looked like we were we could actually do it. You know, we were had very good press and were playing to full houses and things like that um uh so the place was packed and uh so he he uh they said right clear the dressing room clear the dressing room the great man's coming and uh, back backstage there were two dressing rooms one for the main group and one for the support group one both very small with a little broom cupboard in between and uh, there's storage cupboard. They keep, keep sort of brooms and... Uh, you know. And you were the headlining act. Right? Yeah, we were yeah, the headlining yeah, act. Yeah. And I think the, 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 the opening act was um, Jules and the Jules and the Jules Polar, the polar Bears. Yeah, yeah the polar I remember them very well. And uh, anyway, uh, so he, he showed up, came in the dressing room, and um, he, he approached me, and uh, I can't remember exactly what was said, but um, there was a lot of people hanging around in there, and everyone was incredibly excited. So I said... Keith, do you, you, do you want to come and yeah. Yeah, do you want to come and have a have a play? You know, he said, yeah. I said, well, let's go into the broom cupboard and just discuss it. You know, could get away from uh, get away from uh, all, the, all these people. So anyway, he said, oh, okay. So and we went, and before he came in, I remember everyone had said, now look, right, everyone, hide the drugs. Now Keith has been; he's just got out yeah. of, out of the slammer. We, we don't want him. We the don't want him last thing back, yeah. he's want to yeah. want is some arsehole waving. Yeah, uh, no, he's turned corner now. He's a new leaf. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Too much temptation. Yeah, the band's don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Okay, it's be really uncool, everybody. Right. So when we went, I so I found myself in this broom broom cupboard, in rather closer to Keith Richard than I would have liked to be. If you know what I mean. In the, uh, Absolutely. You know, in, yes. In a little, of there should be a little space. bit of space. Yeah. 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 So anyway, there we were, and when he suddenly he produces this enormous bottle of, of um, you know, what you might imagine it was, um, 
and was you know handing it out freely. You know, so our, our you know our this isn't uh, a liquid, obviously. No, 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 no. no it's a powder. I think a we said pow- it's a powder. Powder, yes. Yeah. I love the way it's in a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was in a bottle. It was in a small bottle. Yeah, oh, quite a large bottle actually. I would have thought so. it was probably a Magnum. No, it, no, no, it was between, it was between, um, no, not a magnum, between a magnum and a... Yeah. Um, anyway, and we started, uh, so we started discussing this, and uh, I, I don't know how I'm going to be able to tell this story without, you know, using the language that was... No, you, you, you said what you want, this is a podcast. There's no under-18s well, listening. Well, anyway... We've had uh, rude words on this before, haven't we, Fraser? Plenty. Very. Well, it, we've done a podcast about rude words. We do an entire one about swearing. Did you know? Yeah. No, come on, come on. The <laughs> 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 wistful look came over uh, those eyes, as if he like, wished he'd participated in our podcast about <laughs> swearing. <laughs> Well, well, Ed, Edmonds had, had a very sort of, took a very dim view to the Stones. I love Because, the because I he, love uh, he, he, he used to... He used to do gigs with them back in the day when yeah. they were still in a comma van in the valleys, you know, in, in Wales. And he always, oh, they always were shite. You know, like, <laughs> they, you know, it's the blues band, weren't they, really? I mean, there's nothing to them. So no he, professional envy here at all. N- no, exactly. So, so he was well. t- totally unimpressed that Keith Richard was there, you know. He doesn't know how to do a monkey beat. You know, that, that's the, uh, what he used to call the Chuck Berry rhythm, you know, monkey yeah. beat. He can't do it properly. So, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so he, he was very unimpressed. Yeah. Um, and uh, anyway, so then we came, we emerged from the broom cupboard, having decided that. Uh, oh, I think Edmonds actually came into the broom cupboard, making it even more crowded in there. Um, and it was decided. So you, and you still got the old bottle being. Yeah, the bottle around. was squashed against each other. Yes, yeah, squ- it was hoofing squ- down the powders. Yes, it was. It was. <laughs> That's that's right. And uh, anyway, I seem to remember this change came over Keith. When we got out, he, he'd been quite sort of all right up, up until then. And then he sort of suddenly, this change came over him. Suddenly he seemed to get incredibly sort of stumbly. And... Uh, and the old legs started going. Yeah, the legs started yeah. going. And I thought, and it was almost like he was putting it on or something <laughs> like that. And, uh, it, well, we realised then, um, Edmund said... Uh, you know what? He said, that this fucker's not going to last till the end of the, <laughs> of the, of the show. Uh, he said, he, so for he carks it. Yeah, he said, we'll yeah. have to go on. He said, we'll have to go uh, go on. Never since you said you like the sound of Evans, I can't do I it know, anymore. Usually there's a gag on the podcast, if anyone ever does a, an accent, no matter accent, what accent it is, you go, he's Welsh! I didn't realise <laughs> that just impressions in a really bad... But of course, you can't say that with this one. No. Because it's very uh, transparent he is Welsh. Well, he... he uh, anyway, he... he uh, he said, "Look, we, he said he's not going to last till the end." Well, no, so, he's got English. Yeah, yeah no, I, I can't keep it up. I can't keep it up. I, I can't keep it up. He, so he said, "Look, he's not going to last till the end." Yeah. He says, "We'll have to go on." You know, if, if he's de- if he's determined to do it, yeah. we'll have to go on first. Yeah, that's very very unusual. You know, how we go on with? Oh, we oh, go with on Keith with Richards. Keith Richards. How are we going to end? Are we going to follow this? Yeah. And then, is anyone going to care after you know after he's gone? And I think that. Keith thought that he was on for the whole thing. Yeah. He was going to be on for the whole thing. Uh, anyway, we 
we went on. There's a little flight of stairs that go up up to the stage at the at the um, bottom line. Anyway, we went on, and when, when I, the sight that greeted me, I and mean, I've seen some pretty excited crowds in my time, but these people were Going so excited, mental. it was like they'd gone mad. You could see the whites of their eyes frothing at the mouth at the prospect that Keith Richard was going to be. They knew, you know, that he was going to be coming out they were absolutely Terrifying. mad it was sort yeah. of, it was like, with a, well, if you, you turn up without this? Keith Richards he'd be ripped limb from <laughs> yes. limb presumably mm. so we borrowed an amplifier off uh, off uh, Jules po- one of the polar bears yes and yeah. they, that was a, they had a little uh, uh, a, a little amplifier like a I don't know AC30 little uh, you know small yeah, 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 on yeah. the floor sitting on the floor yeah. Our, ours were a little bit larger and um, uh, anyway, so it's, we we decided to do this tune, uh, "Let It Rock," to this, um, uh-huh, and they uh, this Chuck Berry song. And there was an argument in the dressing room between Edmonds and Keith about how the introduction went. You know, that was the, that I knew that things were going to be ropey because they couldn't agree on how it started. But also the idea that Edmonds, the idea that he's got to kind of care about it. I mean, the point is, it's Keith Richards. However he wants to play it, let him play yes, it. Well, that was what was so, What's the matter with you? Yeah, well, that was what was so sort of great about it, because Ed, Edmonds just, you know, wasn't yeah, impressed. Because he's still wound up about this monkey beat. Yeah. He's, he's not good enough. No, he doesn't know. He doesn't know how to do it. So, uh, uh, anyway, so... I've oh, already... Cut to the chase. So how long has I been, have I been telling this story? No, it's good. <laughs> no, no, not long enough. Come on. So anyway, he, he, uh, we started doing this thing. In the heat of the day down in Mobile, Alabama. That's how it goes. So he started off doing this with the whatever introduction it was. And... Uh, anyways, it, it sounded quite good. It did sound quite good when we started, much to my amazement. And then suddenly, the, my bass, I was playing this little bass, you know, playing away on the bass, boom, 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 just this very simple Chuck Berry bass thing. Suddenly it started going, boom, ding, 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 louder and louder and louder and thinner and ding, 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 And then it suddenly went a thunderous sort of reggae depth, you know. And I looked around, and there was Keith adjusting, <laughs> adjusting my controls, th- thinking that he was adjusting his own. Because I don't think he'd ever so seen... So nothing happens when he does it. Is well, he, I don't think he thought that amplifiers came as small as the one that he was plugged into. He thought, he thought that they, oh, they were only oh, larger. I the largest amplifier must be for Keith Richards. Yes. <laughs> And anyway, so my that bass was going. <laughs> oh, it was appalling. And uh, uh, anyway, then it, it was uh, so it was all over the shop. And there is actual recorded evidence of this. It's there, That's there right, is a tape yeah, there is a tape of this. Yeah, and the audience sort of banging. Oh, they were mental, bouncing off the ceiling. Oh yeah, they they were really well bouncing. Anyway, then. Um, uh, fine. It did sort of get in the groove. It, it did. It did sort of. It did sort of get there. But then the solo came, and it was very, very um, sort of plunky and plinky. I think. But it, but really, the 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 um, sort of punchline of the, of the of the story, I suppose, is that uh, when we finished it, um, Edmund said, oh, "Keith Richards, everybody. Keith Richards. Thank you, Keith. Thank you." And he wouldn't get off. He just he, he and um, 
So we started, we said, well, we'll just press on with our our show, you know. And so of course, now Keith is on stage with a band playing a set that he has no idea yeah, what they're going to no, be. He can't possibly pretend to know all these songs, so he's yeah. in a difficult position. Yes, we had reached the end of our Keith Richards spot. Yeah. And, uh, and so, anyway, we, we just um, pressed on with our thing. And uh, so Keith did it gamefully, you know, <laughs> gamefully tried to join in, you know. But, um, but, the, the, uh, but then um, uh, Edmunds came over to me and uh, he, he, at the end of that song, he sort of looked hopefully at Keith expecting him to go, you know, but he, well, he, he didn't. So didn't finally he got the, the, we, had our, we got our roadie and, uh, and Edmunds said very audibly, to Des, get this cunt off, right? <laughs> and um, and so and Des Brown, poor Des, had to sort of usher him in this very um, obsequious kind of way. Um, would you care to um, perhaps um, move over to to uh, plenty more refreshment in the dressing room, Mr. Richards? <laughs> But unfortunately, poor old, the, 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 there is a sort of visual aspect to this because he took a step back at one point. He was so sort of um, in the middle of the solo, in fact. Oh, that's and, right. Uh, Stumbles back across the stage. He did rather a good st- solo in the, in the end and, um, and threw a shape at the end of it <laughs> and stumbled back into his little amplifier, which, was, which knocked him in the back of the knees, of course, and caused him to sort of sit down sit on top down. of it in this rather... Bemused, yes, like a sort of somebody's uncle, you know, at a at a at a Christmas party or something. You see, um, so anyway. But it, I love it, a, I love the idea that you go from from this uh, from this massive high to this terrible kind of low in the space of only you know one song, but it's three and a half minutes. One moment, it's, ladies and gentlemen, Keith Richards. Three and a half minutes later, is get this <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, yes, and of course, you predictably, you know, uh, our our thing just went completely downhill after that. You know, it was. The, the punters was could not recover. No, no, from it. no one's listening to you. They're all baying no. for Keith. Probably shouting for Keith. Imagine, you know. Yeah, I think I think they were. Anyway, he, it, needless to say, he wasn't there when we came off <laughs> an hour and a half later. <laughs> He'd gone off somewhere else. Back in Barbara. jail. Back in the jug again. The Word Podcast. Walking the digital dog since two thousand and seven. You're, you're doing one of the nights at Meltdown, which we're very keen to plug. I think it's the fifteenth of June. Uh, yep. Uh, Ray Davis is, is the kind of curator this year of Melbourne London he is. South Bank. And you have, I think, either either a whole night or certainly a big slot. Yes, night, yeah, we, we've got a night. Yes, it's billed as have it was with special guests. So I'm having trouble rounding up <laughs> anyone who wants to do it. <laughs> That's the uh, terrible thing when it goes that the, the poster says special guest and nobody's told yeah, you exactly. to go find it. You know, it means so. you haven't got a band yet. Yeah. Oh, I've got a band, okay. all right. No, I've got a band. That, 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 no, I'm because I'm paying them. You know, <laughs> it's just it's actually getting someone who wants to come along and do a turn for for uh, for nothing. What I mean, would I've, it consist of? Is it is it your own material? Is it is it you know great British songwriters? Has it got a theme? It's um, nice to you, I should imagine. Uh, you mean the, for that the night, week that meltdown? No, your, your particular night. Uh, well. Uh, I haven't spoken to the great man about it, but um, his people have relayed to me that it, it's got a, there is a sort of a 60s mod type songwriter thing going going through it. But you know, I'm just going to do my latest um, set, you know, and uh, but just do it wearing a very thin tie. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I, I have asked a few. Uh, I have asked a few people, and and they, they've said yes. Put it like that, but I daren't. Daren't reveal. I daren't um, Jonah it, you know, no. just in case. 
Um, and if they if they do uh, show, it'll, it'll it'll be fun. Yes, it'll be it'll be uh, a Keith moment, Keith, uh, Keith Richard moment. You know, I, I hope to avoid. Yes. You know, <laughs> only opening act. You know, opening <laughs> tunes. Um, Anyway, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Well, we're going to plug it very heavily on on the podcast, and uh, and Nick, in the way of these things, what we like to do normally is end with a song. Ah, what? So if you, I know. So if you would like to oblige, Nick Lowe has brought a guitar. I have got one here. And uh, but you, were you going to play something off uh, an unreleased song? Yes. Right. What's that? Why not? This is the record that's about to come out. Yeah. Um, I'll do this one. It's called House for Sale. House for sale I'm moving out I'm moving on This bird has flown House for sale I'll tell you where to redirect my mail House for sale Take a look inside This is where love once did reside But now it's gone And that's the reason I'll be travelling on Well, the roof's given in to the weather And the windows rattle and moan Paint is peeling Cracks in the ceiling Whatever's happened to my happy home House for sale I've had enough I'll send a van To get my stuff House for sale I'm leaving like I'm getting out of jail And the carpet threadbare and worn Fence needs mending Garden needs tending How soon it's become overgrown Oh, house for sale I've had enough I'm gonna send a van To pick up my stuff House for sale I'm leaving like I'm getting out of jail I'm leaving like I'm getting out of jail House for sale I'm talking to you Because with time Care Cash, peace, love and understanding It can be as good as new House for sale House for 
Yes, if one can't plug one's own works, then. <laughs> absolutely. And that's that's what an, what's a lovely image of, of the house where where Lowe used to reside. There's a theme in your um, in your wonderful recent records, uh, "Dig My Mood" and "Possible Bird," etc., where, where it's just where you're a songwriter that's just growing older with your with your songs. A lot of people uh, keep trying to write songs about a youth that they no longer have and you do exactly the opposite, it's very attractive I think. and there's a lovely one you wrote about the, the man I've, I've become, it's about a, an imaginary person, it's my, I think it says my heart's a prune, and once it was a plum and if you know him, that's the man that I've become <laughs> and that, that, that song was very similar <clears throat> sort of images of, of decrepitude really, yes. and dilapidation well they say write about what you know about <laughs> yeah, write what you know uh, yes, uh, well I'm just sort of Starting to get the hang of it now, but um, yeah, there, it, there's no. It's it's fool, foolishness really to try and. Uh, I mean, I'm 62. You know, it's it's ridiculous to try and. You know, write about young people's stuff. It's not very absolutely. interesting anyway. You know, no, it's much absolutely. more. Interesting You're right. You, you, one has no authority after a while yeah. to be able to do that. Yeah, and it certainly doesn't sound very convincing. You yeah, know? that's immensely convincing. It's fantastic. Thank, thanks for having me. I, I enjoyed it. Yes. This is a junction in the Word podcast. It separates that bit from this next bit. So the new edition of Word is out. Uh, now, in fact, the 99th edition and attached to its cover lovingly and by hand uh, is the May uh, free CD. And with us now to uh, tell us what's on it, the mighty Magic Alex, who uh, compiles these terrific discs. Welcome, Magic. Hello there. I, I, I sense from some of the reaction I get that, that a lot of people listening to the podcast follow the life of Magic Alex because it's, <laughs> it's a lot more interesting than their own, you know. It's certainly more interesting more than mine. It's much more interesting <laughs> than mine. Magic, listeners, is a member of, I think, four groups. One, he plays guitar, one bass, one the keyboards, and one uh, drums. That's Am I right? Yeah, yeah. Give us an idea of just which of those are up and running at the moment. Well, the Bootars, um, High Wycombe's favourite popular beat combo, are <laughs> going strong. Um, we've got an EP coming out on the 27th of June uh, through Pias, which is which is lovely. So we're just preparing for that at the moment. We're going to Bruges, taking a coach full of miscreants at the end of the month. Into Bruges? Um, what, are you going to play a concert in Bruges? Yeah, playing two. Well, oh. I think we're, we're playing one on a Saturday, and on the Sunday we're just going to tear around the squares, grilling it, basically. Uh, we did it a couple of years ago. We just did the one night, and it was a bit. What do you, you mean, know, just actually kind of busking? Pretty much, yeah. So the one's a gig proper, and the other one's just so a, just a massive plate of mule frit, a couple of very very strong, <laughs> quite cloudy wheat beers, yeah. and then out into the crowd. Are you hoping to be arrested? Um, hopefully, yeah. Okay, we're filming it, you see, so it'll make um, um, it'll make for good good. You're filming it. What's it to do what with? Is this for the Wu-Tang DVD or is it for YouTube? Yeah, well, we're not entirely sure, to be honest. Or a documentary. Um, it's going to be kind of a documentary. Um, and the guy who's doing it, he's a pal of ours. I think it's going to help him out a bit as well um, for his kind of tra- trajectory. But um, we had this idea to film something at some point in time, somewhere. And this is it. We haven't really got much further than that at the moment, so I'm not sure exactly what we're going to do with it. But it's So of the four groups, the Wu-Tars appears to be the one that's in the state of most organisation and, uh, and uh, acceleration. Yeah, I'd, right? I'd, I'd say, well, kind of, no. I'd, I'd jump for a band called The Dwellers and... Um, 
we well, and we we just had a tour cancelled today, which is a bit rubbish, but uh, it, it's 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 okay. You know, it gives me more time to to go back up to, up to, to, to the north and see my mother. Yeah, to spend time with your family. Aye. <laughs> yeah. Well, every sort other unemployment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So look, tell us about the CD. We've got some yeah. uh, all sorts of terrific tracks on it. Uh, Delta Maid and the Mountain Goes, Corner Shop, Ockerville River, terrific. Which ones particularly would you point the readership, the massive, in the direction of? Well, my pick of the pops this month, um, probably the first, the first track um, is by a chap called Roddy, Roddy Wumble, who's uh, the singer in a band called Idlewild, who are one of my all-time favourite groups. Um, and when he goes solo, he, he's Idlewilder, for those who don't know, a, a kind of an indie-ish band, you know, typ- typical 90s indie band, but really, really good. Um, but when he's solo, he does, um, he's, he's, his roots are very much in folk, and he goes back to that sort of thing. And Hasn't he returned to some sort of remote island in Scotland or something? Isn't he now recording somewhere out in the, in the countryside? I'm pretty sure he is, you know, yeah. yeah. I think he takes the guitarist from Idlewild, he kind of keeps him in a little hutch that he <laughs> carries around, lets him out. <laughs> to write like a drum. <laughs> yeah. Feeds him a few biscuits. Puts him back in again. Puts some leaves down. And, <laughs> um, but it's really, really good. Like, it's, it's, it's his voice that sells it for me. It's just got this real richness to it. it it's like, it's like a, if you can imagine a hug coming out of someone's mouth, that's what I think Roddy Woody Womble sounds like. Excellent. Yeah. Um, to be encouraged, I think. Indeed, indeed. Audio hugging. <laughs> and three more songs from them. Um, and the next one um, is by Lanu, um, who's an Australian producer. And... His record is pretty much my favourite record of the year so far. This is Lanu featuring Megan Washington, right? Yeah, she's a singer for the Bamboos, and they did a, they're, they're a kind of sort of lounge band, um, and they do covers of stuff as well. They did a cover of King of the Rodeo by Kings of Leon, uh, which is really, really good in a, in a lounge style uh, But she's got this really kind of kind of quirkily seductive voice, and um, it's, just, it's just a great record. The, the, it, it's, I figured out over many, many listens, that the best time to enjoy this record is before 3pm on any given day, when it is sunny. Why is that? I, I'm not quite sure, but the stars just seem to align. It sounds... It, it just. You've researched this very thoroughly. I've if, tried, if, yeah. At 3pm, the stars are aligning. I like, this is magical. Oh. Well, I think that... Well, the thing with my, my, my logic is, I think at 3pm, it starts to go a little bit dark, generally. You know, the optimum sun for the day is gone, and you need the sun to really enjoy this album. It, it's very, very good. Otherwise, I just, I'm not, but, you know, Alex, I didn't know you took it this seriously. This is brilliant, actually. So <laughs> you go out and sort of sit cross-legged on a patch of grass, yeah. probably in a magnetic force field, <laughs> at 3pm every afternoon. Near a ley line. just go, am I feeling it? And if I am, track two of the new CD. I mean, that's, that's, beyond, that's beyond the call of duty. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I does me best. You do? And, um, but no, Where did you hear this? Track there. How do you get to hear most of this music? I mean, it's like like us. I mean, all, we all contribute to it. But this record's being sent to us. And, but is, is it sometimes you see people in bars and stuff and think that should be on the record? Um, it, it, things come from a variety of places. Really, this one I, I got sent, and um, you know, obviously we, I get masses of piles of stuff. Um, so when something really, 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 really good hits, you know, something that you think is going to define a, a certain point in your life, it's it's just amazing and this this is one of those records great it's, it's a very high recommendation to do that's track two in fact, on this on the, on the new record yeah yeah brilliant um give us one more one more if you only listen to three which should they be well so what's the third it's another one and uh i have to admit that i've got a bit of a vested interest in this because i've just joined them but, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, 
least you said so, otherwise you would be rumbled, wouldn't you? <laughs> it would be much worse to say, oh, I think you'll find that Mr. Gold is the bass player on this group. <laughs> right, are you in on the publishing too? This is a, this is a real uh, setup. <laughs> yeah, who are they? They're a band called Left With Pictures, and right. um, I'm playing drums for them. There's no drums on this track. Um, so I'm not actually on this. You're not actually on this? Nope. Um, okay. But they're, they're, who are Barter, Knowles and Walker, the authors of the song? They are indeed, yeah. That's the rest of them. Barter is, um, is, is a singer. I've known him for years and years and years. Went to school with his sister back in, back in Stratford. Um, but they're a, they're a chamber pop combination. And um, I've been following him for years and years and years. And they're, they're just really, really good at work. It's, it's, very kind, it's very English, if that makes any sense. It's, so is uh, that what you mean by chamber pop? Give me another example of chamber pop. I'm trying to. I'm trying, I'm to, trying think. to avoid using the word oeuvre, but I'm going to have to. Uh, the oeuvre <laughs> of chamber pop is illustrated by who? It's, uh, it's, it's definitely pop music. I mean, it's, you know, it's got pop melodies and harmonies and all the rest of it. It just seems to be a bit more. I, I, choral's kind of the wrong word, but um, there's there's a classical element in, in the way the songs are structured and the, and the melodies are structured and the harmonies are structured. I think um, it's a little bit more, I guess, refined. Um, but it just conjures up images to me of, of punting down a river with a, with a teacup. Brilliant. Um, I love what you think of these, this music as a kind of soundtrack to activities. Yeah. That's superb. Like a movie. <laughs> superb. Well, look, all that and 12 other songs, in fact, are on the uh, CD that is attached free of all charge to the cover of the 99th edition of Word. And if you're listening in a place that uh, isn't near... Um, um, a retail outlet that sells Word, then go to www.wordmagazine.co.uk and find out how you can get a copy. Well worth pursuing. If you've been affected by any of the issues in this podcast, go to wordmagazine.co.uk or apply at your... Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 